This is the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast with Lindsay Elizabeth Preston. Bonus 38 Life Lessons Part 2. Welcome to the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast, the show for barrier-breaking women who are ready to shed their good girl layers so they can own their power and live deeply fulfilling lives instead. I'm your host, Lindsay Elizabeth. I'm a leadership coach to women all over the world, and I've lived through enough in life to know that easier doesn't always equate to better. We can't fear the fire. We must learn to become it. And on this show, I'll teach you how to do just that. So join me and my guests as we challenge you to shed society's bullshit systems and beliefs to become even more of the strong, resilient, and powerful woman you were meant to be. As you listen, trust your intuition to take what you love and leave the rest. The thoughts and perspectives I share on the show are my own with the lens of my lived experience as a privileged, white, cis, straight, able-bodied woman. And while that informs my experience and perspectives, I wholeheartedly believe living a deeply fulfilling life is possible to every woman. If I ever say anything harmful, I'm open to doing better and hearing your feedback. My goal is for you to leave this show feeling empowered, inspired, and ready to share this show with every woman you know so they too can create a life that lights them the fuck up from the inside. Are you ready to get started? Let's go. Hi there, beautiful soul. Welcome to part two of this bonus series about my 38 life lessons. If you missed part one, it's a few episodes back, so I would start there. But today I'm going to wrap up this mini series and do part two of all my 38 life lessons. As you know, it was recently my birthday. I turned 38 and I just thought, man, this would be cool to sit down and do an episode about whatever comes to mind as my top 38 life lessons thus far. Last time we got through half of those lessons and then today I'm going to wrap up the last number 20 through 38. So excited to share these with you. Now I'm going to warn you, I have been super sick the past week and a half. It turns out it's a form of bronchitis. I just found out last night. I finally went to the doctor I got a steroid shot, which was interesting. I've never had one of those before. I had a reaction to it. And long story short, I am feeling better today. Hopefully I don't cough in your ear though. Um, These episodes, like the bonus episodes, we tend not to edit. So I might just have to have my amazing ops manager, Rachel, come in and be like, hey, edit this one little part so I don't cough in your ear. But um, yeah, I'm so excited to share this with you. And I say, let's just jump right in. All right, so lesson number 20, entrepreneurship, while one of the hardest jobs in the world, is one of the most rewarding and is full of some of the coolest people. All right, so let me break that down for you. Entrepreneurship, hardest job in the world, I don't know, one of the hardest, because I think being a stay-at-home mom is actually the hardest job in the world. I've done that out of all the jobs I've done. Um... But entrepreneurship's pretty hard, baby. You know, I posted something about it recently of like, people don't see the bad partnerships, the lost money, the bad business deals that come along in the game. And, you know, when you have a job where you're getting a salary, it's really nice in a lot of ways to have that, you know, ongoing kind of safety for lack of a better term. 
And then with entrepreneurship, it's like if you go through something, especially in a coaching business, it's reflected to you back with what goes on in your business, which is fucking wild to see sometimes. You know, I've talked about the past, gosh, almost two years have just been really funky for me. And that's been a reflection of my business. You know, I had some clientele that was just hard <laughs> in different ways, um, like getting sued. And it was the first time I had clients quit mid-process and not just like one, but a couple, which was really weird. Oops, sorry, I forgot to silence my phone. Um, but yeah, so it's it just been funky. And what's cool, though, on the flip of that is that when I am working through stuff, my own healing, it is reflected in my clients as well. So I was just actually talking to one of my clients who um, is also kind of in this space of coaching and et cetera. And she's doing a lot of work around shame. And she's like, oh my gosh, now I'm seeing it so much in clients and like my clients are getting deeper results. And I'm like, yeah, baby, like that's the benefit of us working on ourselves. But the flip of that is whatever's coming up for us comes out in our clients and it's kind of forced self-development work all of the time. <laughs> like I told myself for this next year, I'm like, okay, Lindsay, you're not doing as much coaching in regards to being a client, like slow it down. And there's a part of me that's like, oh shit, like what's going to come up by not doing that is, you know, kind of my work is forced upon me sometimes. So that can be the hard part of entrepreneurship. Um, and two, just like seeing the ROI of how those things are impacted. Like there was recently something in my business that impacted my business financially in a pretty big way. And um, yeah, I'm kind of like, oh, this hurts. <laughs> it does not feel good, right? But it is super duper rewarding super rewarding. I mean, no job in the world other than being a parent compares to how rewarding it is. Isn't that interesting? I said like stay, being a stay-at-home mom is the hardest. Entrepreneurship is right there with it. But then on the flip, how rewarding it is. So yeah, it's super rewarding, especially in the work that I do, getting to change people's lives, the trajectory of their lives, seeing them bloom and blossom into the people they want to be, the people that I see they can be. Oh, that's a beautiful thing. Now, of course, there's always a flip to that. And the flip of that is when they don't show up and do the work. They say no to the opportunity. I was just thinking about that the other day of this one client. Well, she didn't become a client. She was a consult who ended up saying no. And I think about her from time to time. And I'm like, fuck, if she just would have said yes. And it wasn't even about me getting the business or getting the payment, but just like the potential. And I know by her not saying yes, because I just happened to keep up with her from time to time is like she's just kind of stayed stuck. So yeah, I mean, it's super duper rewarding. I think some of the coolest people in the world are in entrepreneurship because let's just face it, you know, we are bad asses. We go out and do really hard things. We put ourselves out there. We do all kinds of crazy shit, <coughs> excuse me, to um, transition, um, meaning like transition and like do things that are needed. Um, to, you know, bring in the business and help people and, and do all that stuff. Um, and we know our energy creates money. And so we're doing the stuff often to create more energy and kind of go out there and do some kind of what someone would say, like woo or wacky things, um, or just show up for ourselves in a really big way. And that shows because if we don't, our business is impacted. All right. So lesson 21, the most impactful thing you can do is love yourself well. Hands down. I'm going to say it again because I don't feel like I need to say it 
anything else but this. The most impactful thing you can do is love yourself well. And I just lied. I want to say one more thing about that. You can only love others to the depth of what you love yourself. So if you want to go out there and love fiercely, then baby, you better do the work to love yourself fiercely. And that is also a really great way for your own relationships to see how are they loving themselves because that's likely how they're going to show up for me. Now, you may say, but what about those people, Lindsay, like Enneagram 2s, for example, who just give, 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 and they're not giving to themselves, or even Enneagram 9s are in this bucket, or anyone who's really codependent. It's not Enneagram dependent. I'm not saying all 2s and 9s are codependent um, because I've had some codependency for sure. Um, but that still comes back like it's, it feels empty at the end of the day when someone is giving from that place of a lack of self-love versus when they are. It is just a totally different feeling. Totally different. All right. Lesson 22. Living primarily in the masculine energy becomes draining, unfulfilling, and harmful at times. Learn this one the hard way. So we grow up in the society that promotes getting shit done. Yeah, achievement. Yeah, let's rock it, which I love that energy, right? Um, that's why I went into coaching versus therapy. Like I want to get shit done. I want to work with people who are like ready to get shit done. But especially as women, if we are denying our feminine energy that has health consequences, especially around our menstrual cycles, And in so many other ways, Um, you know, I had an episode I did with Dr. Cassandra Wilder. I forget we titled it, something like Help Your Hormones, I think. Um, And we talked about the health impacts of our period. You know, I forget who it was, but um, some medical association said that our period is one of our vital signs. And it impacts so many other areas of our bodies. And this is why, you know, taking birth control can be much more harmful than what they've ever realized and what they even tell us when they're telling us, oh, just pop this pill or, you know, do this thing because um, so many things are impacted by that. So another episode you might want to listen to if you're kind of like, what's this feminine energy stuff? I talk about the divine feminine in an episode. I talk about Hill Inner Mean Girls or Hill Mean Girls in a recent episode. I talk with Nicole Iano in an episode about divine and masculine feminine energies. So there's some episodes there to kind of dig deeper into that. All right. Next lesson 23. Coaching is wonderful and not the only thing that creates massive change. I've kind of learn this one, especially the past two years. You know, when you try something and it's really successful for to you, um, you tend to, well, at least my brain does. A lot of ADHD brains, I guess, are like this too. You tend to be a little obsessed with it. Oh my God, it's so amazing. You have to go do this thing. Ah, right. And I, I'm still that way. Coaching is fucking amazing. Obviously, I'm a coach. I love coaching and that, but, um, yeah, I've tried so many other healing modalities the past few years, like chiropractic. You know, I did an episode with Dr. Tori Hartline a few episodes back of chiropractic's benefits. Um, I have many clients who do like energy healing work. So they have an energy healer, be it Reiki or something else. Um, they do things, 
you know, just outside the coaching realm of healing. There's so many options out there, right? And I really found that those clients who use me as just one of their healers and they have other healers in their life, that's when they get even better results. And there's only so much I can do as a coach, right? Like, for example, I have a chiropractor, right? It is Dr. Tori Hartline. Um, And I'll tell her a lot of times, you know, sometimes I'll go see her and I'll kind of just be in a funk and I'll think, oh, damn, I really need to get coached on something and really figure out what's going on here. But then after I go and get an adjustment with her, it regulates my nervous system, gets me out of the stress response in essence. And I'm like, what? I don't have any problems. Like that was the problem was just that my body was stuck in a stress response. I really didn't need coaching. I needed to get an alignment in my body. And so, yeah, it's just solidified for me in so many ways. Like, oh, all of us healers do impactful, crazy, amazing things. Um, And the other thing that I think I really realized is how powerful therapy is. I feel like therapy has really come into its own since the pandemic because it's gone virtual. So many people were like, oh, I'm sitting at home all day. Maybe I'll do the therapy thing. So many things were brought up for people during that. And you know, there was a while that I was like, ah, therapy is not that great because I didn't have a great experience in therapy. And many times I'd have clients come to me that they were like, eh, therapy was okay. But I've really fallen in love with therapy and I've seen the beautiful benefits that that's created for people. And um, I have a different perspective on it for sure. I think it's an amazing practice, an amazing tool. So I just want to throw that out there. All right, next lesson is lesson 24. The woo is wonderful. And this may be a lesson that we disagree on. I always say, take what you love, leave the rest. You may not be a woo person. And woo, it depends on, you know, who defines what as woo. I view woo as things like tarot cards, um, even crystals, um, past life stuff, you know, just things that necessarily aren't super mainstream. For a while, I even thought coaching was woo, to be honest. But now I'm like, coaching is not woo at all. Um, but yeah, I really have started to lean into those things more and more. If you know my story really well, you know that I've actually found coaching through a tarot card reader. It was my first time to ever go see one. I'd been wanting to for years. And um, I had my divorce. It was almost my, I think, 29th birthday. And I was like, I'm going to go do this thing. And I found this reader that I had been following for a while. And she was the one that was like, you're going to be a coach. And this is what you're going to do. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. But, you know, the rest is history, right? So, yeah, I really love those modalities. I also take them kind of as like a grain of salt. Astrology falls in this bucket too of, you know, I kind of keep up with some of that stuff. But I don't necessarily live my life around it. Something I have been doing the past month is leaning more into the full moon and the new moon and following some people who teach about that and like what to do for each one. And I've done that. And I will say it has been pretty powerful stuff. And I've gotten some amazing results from it. It's like amplifying my life already in really big ways. Um, but yeah, again, I I always say to clients or anybody that I'm friends with. If that's not your thing, that's totally cool. I just ask you, don't judge me for that because there's some circles that are like, oh, that's the devil's work. And, you know, that's bringing evil spirits and blah, blah, blah. And I just don't believe in that at all, at all. Um, But you can, but just don't judge me for it. And I just want to open up that the woo is wonderful. So if you have ever 
thought about exploring things that feel woo to you, maybe lean into that because I know in my life it's been pretty cool stuff. All right, next lesson, lesson 25. Know the system to work the system to your advantage. Okay, so what do I mean here? I mean the system of life and all of these societal norms that we are presented with that aren't necessarily very direct messages, but are fed to us subtly all of the time. I actually just posted a video on Instagram on my stories about different TV shows over the years and how these little subtle messages about women's bodies are in there. There was an episode of Sex in the City where Samantha had gotten a little quote-unquote pudgy around her waistline. Um, There was an episode on Real Housewives where Yolanda was talking to her daughter about eating and things of that sort. So it's just like things like that that we're fed all the time that we don't even know it. Just about like how a woman should behave and things of that sort. The more that I've unpacked all of those societal beliefs, the more I've been able to see, ooh, okay, well, how do I want to play this to my advantage? And not in a manipulative way, but just in a way of, I don't want to be part of that programming. I don't want to live my life where, you know, I have to, in essence, like hide myself because that's what we're taught a lot as women is to not be too smart, to not be too pretty, you know, to be nice and da-da-da. I'm like, okay, I know what I'm being fed and I know what people are kind of expecting of me, but how can I just like lean into the edges of that and how I'm in certain circles so I don't, in essence, blow out their nervous systems by being around me. I don't blow out my own. And they're able to say, ooh, there's just something about this Lindsay girl that I like, but there's a little part of her that like, mm, I'm not so sure about. So funny, I had a client earlier this year who said that about me. She had been in a lot of religion and she's like, oh, Lindsay, I'm just so drawn to you and your work, but there's this huge part of me that's like, oh, am I doing, you know, quote, like inappropriate or even evil work or any of that stuff? And I was like, kind of took it as a compliment. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of what I'm here to do is to kind of open the door and open people's eyes to some different things, right? Um, so yeah, so the more you know those things, this is work that I do with my clients. I've really done even more work of my own with my DEI coach, Alyssa Hall. And I know many times people are like, DEI, what's that? That's diversity, equity, and inclusion work. It can also be called anti-racism work. I'm just really, again, looking at all these things that were fed in our society that cause things like not including people, not having diversity, and being racist and gender biased and all the things without you even knowing it. So yeah, that's my lesson. All right, next lesson, lesson 26. Sex is amazing, and anyone who puts shame around it to me is just a controlling, manipulative liar. And I know I'm putting a lot of beliefs on that one. Again, take what you love, leave the rest. And I'm not saying like, you know, I have an 11-year-old daughter right now. She's coming into her own. She just entered middle school. The relationships are changing between these boys that she's grown up with since kindergarten. It's kind of freaking me out a little bit, not going to lie. So do I want her like out and about having sex? between now and really even college? No, not really. Do 
I want her to make some of the sexual choices I made in college? Not really. Um, Not that I was like super wild or anything, but I know I'm going to teach her some lessons in regards to making smart choices around sex. Um, But yeah, you know, it's so weird. Our society especially in religious circles, really program, you know, sex is bad and shameful and you shouldn't think about it or do it until you're married. And then when you're married, go do it like rabbits, right? But, you know, really just do it with your partner and masturbating can even be, you know, cheating or this bad thing. And it's just, it's just all fucking ridiculous, really. It's just massive control, massive manipulation, There's one thing about honoring your body, but there's another thing about being able to really experience pleasure and live in pleasure. And um, the only way a lot of times that you are going to be able to teach your partner what it is that you want is by doing things for yourself for a while, right? Um, Yeah, I mean, again, choose what you want there, but it's just I've had to unpack so many years of beliefs around sex and shame around sex and even though the whole time I was just like fuck this I I was fed it you know it became part of my DNA almost and it's taken me a long time to unpack that and I look at my life as a 38 year old now and I'm like fuck I'm kind of pissed you know and I'm kind of uh Like, I'm sad that for, it took me 38 years to get to this point when I wish I would have been able to own my sexuality at like age 20 and really lean into that in a beautiful way and just to be able to to enjoy it in really healthy, healthy, beautiful ways. I know I keep using beautiful because I just, sex is amazing um, when it's done in healthy ways. All right. Won't go into that anymore. I think we should have a whole episode on that, I swear. We haven't talked a lot about sex on the show, and we need to. All right, lesson number 27. Shoulds are a quick way to tell you don't want to do something but feel obligated. So I catch myself all the time with this. If I'm saying, oh, I should go do this, I catch this a ton with my husband because he's an Enneagram 1 wing 2. And if you know 1 wing 2s, they they feed a lot of shoulds. Oh, I should, 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 should. That's just kind of how they are. Um, and yeah, nobody needs to live out of obligation. If you choose to follow a should and you want to do those things for other people out of should, great. That's fine. Just love your reasons for it. Right. I find when I do it, I get resentful and I don't really want to do it. So why am I doing it? Right. Um, so just something to think about. All right. Lesson number 28, find your ideal and take action from there. This is a common Lindsay-ism in my coaching sessions. I'll say it often. Client will tell me all the things about something and I'll stop them and I'll say, okay, I hear you on all of this. Let's look at it from this perspective. In your ideal world, how would you handle this? And then we make the plan from there. Okay, so ask yourself that question often. Like I'll give you an example of how I've used it the past week. In a session yesterday, she was telling me about different aspects that were bothering her about her job and started just kind of firing off some changes. But then as she started firing off some changes, she's like, but I don't know. And, you know, doubting herself that she could have those changes. And I was like, whoa, 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 let's stop it. In your ideal world, what would you have? And then we got really clear on her ideal world and we started working toward how are you going to get that ideal? 
Okay, another call that I had, it was actually yesterday too. She was talking about friendships and what she wanted to move forward with with a certain friendship. And, it, you know, some of those shoulds even came out. Well, I should and da 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 da. It's like, whoa, 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 let's stop it. In your ideal world, how do you want to move forward in these friendships? We, we took action from there, right? So use that question. It's so amazing. All right, lesson number 29. Think through your decisions before saying yes. Think through your decisions before saying yes. Okay, so this is going to be a big one for those who are a quick action taker. You can find out if you are a quick action taker by taking the Colby assessment. Look it up. I think it's like 40 or 50 bucks to take it. I'm going to warn you, it's not a sexy and fun assessment to take. It's kind of boring. It kind of makes you even question things like, I don't know, because the way they ask questions is kind of weird, but it's from what I've seen is highly accurate. And what you're going to walk away with are four different numbers. You're going to walk away with how high of a researcher you are, how how intricate of systems you need to take action, and how fast you're taking um, action. And then there's another number, but it doesn't really matter. Okay, so those three numbers I love seeing in clients because I see instantly, okay, how fast are they going to be moving or how slow are they going to be moving and where are they going to get stuck in the process? So for my quick action takers, I tend, I am one of them. We don't really get stuck. But what happens is we start saying yes to a lot of things pretty quickly and that sometimes can lead to our disadvantage because we say yes to something and then we're like, oh shit, now I have too much on my plate or oh shit, I didn't really think this one through. Okay. So this is who I'm really talking to with this, including myself. Remember, these are my life lessons. So I, I really even caught myself doing this recently of just doing yes, no, yes, no. And some of that's beautiful, right? I do make decisions a lot. I get a lot done in a day if I want to, but I also I'm just saying, I'm just saying things too quickly. And so I've started to slow myself down even more and even say things like, oh, I need like a 24 hour rule before I say yes or no to something. Okay. So lesson 29, think through your decisions before saying yes. Okay. I already said that one. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. Okay. Lesson 30, boundaries are everything. I've been saying this a lot on social lately too, and I have a free boundaries assessment. Um, you can take it, lindsayepreston.com forward slash boundary. In that assessment, it will test, you know, how strong your boundaries are in essence. And then you get a, med a mediation, no, meditation. You can tell I'm still not like totally sharp in my head. I am on some meds. Um, <clears throat> a meditation to help you see your even your energetic boundary bubble and how you are letting people take advantage of you it's wild it's crazy cool and it's totally free go take it it'll help you out so much but boundaries are everything um so many times with clients and in my own life when we're coaching on whatever we're coaching on it comes back to what boundaries you need to set here okay so even the client i'm talking about yesterday with the job stuff where we're looking at how to shift things in her career Part of that discussion was, what are the boundaries that need to change here? Okay, um, so just know that boundaries are a big deal. Do some work around them. I have that free resource that will get you started. If you and I coach together, we're going to coach a lot on boundaries, and it's going to be an ongoing thing because it's a really big deal. 
pay attention to it. All right, lesson number 31. Less is more. I just, this is like the millennial lifestyle, I swear. And I'm like an ex-millennial, by the way. <clears throat> Less is more. Gen Z, I think, is like this too. Less is more, baby. Less is more. Um, I am getting rid of so much in my house. It feels amazing. And as somebody, I have the Clifton Strength of Input High, which is all about stuff and collecting stuff. Um, this is like a big deal for me. Like I'm clearing out a lot of stuff. I've cleared out a lot of things in my schedule. I've cleared out a lot of clients. Um, and not because like, oh, see ya kind of thing. It's more of like, I want the simplest life possible. And so I'd rather have less clients who are paying me more than more clients paying me less. That's just something that I've decided I like. That's the energetics I like. So to me, less is always more. I love it. I love it. Like even clothing wise, I'd rather buy one pair of really nice jeans than like five to 10 pairs of crappy jeans. That's just how I am. And I like it. All right. Lesson 32. Energy equals money. I talked about this earlier with entrepreneurship. I really started to see this more and more the past few months. Where you're at energetically is the money you're going to attract in your life. And I feel like I could do a whole episode on this, and I think I might. See if I can birth it, put it all together. It takes me a while to birth an episode, but it's starting to kind of get some traction behind it. But by far, energy and the energy you're putting out into the world and your energetic BO that I refer to from time to time absolutely creates money for you. It creates really a lot of things for you, but it absolutely creates money for you. Lesson 33, you have to give value to get value. So this goes back to the energy thing, right? If you are showing up ready to serve, ready to give, if you're giving from value and not out of shoulds, um, it's just a really, really beautiful place to be in and you get that value back to you. Um, I think I did a whole episode on this on the value bank. I can't remember, but yeah, it's a great concept. Use it. Lesson 34, it's all a game. Life is all a game if you want to see it that way. And I've really leaned into this more and more and more that life is a game. And this kind of goes back to some of my woo stuff. I do believe we have multiple lives. I do believe there are things like soul contracts. Um, I believe we're all here to teach each other things. There's really no right and wrong. It's all just a lesson and part of this kind of experience. I had a tarot card reader tell me once, she's like, life is like going to an amusement park. And sometimes you ride a ride and you're like, oh, I feel super sick after that. I maybe shouldn't have done that. Maybe you throw up a little and then you wipe yourself off and you keep going. And I've really loved that perspective um, because sometimes life can feel really hard, especially after the past two years with the pandemic and stuff and just one thing after another. Um, and this is kind of woo, but a lot of this is for ultimate consciousness and right and raising the consciousness and stuff like that. I won't get on into all that, but yeah, it can feel really hard and really heavy at times. Um, and I've just really leaned into it. it's all a game. I'm all here to learn and I'm just going to enjoy it. And that's opened up so, so much for me. And honestly too, you know, you may have heard me talk about that. I was diagnosed this time last year with limbic ADHD, which means that in essence, like I have a depression that causes ADHD symptoms. And so I'm somebody who can typically have kind of a more negative bias. And they really called me out on that last year. 
they're like, actually, Lindsay, you're still more negative than you think you are. And I'm like, what? I used to have a podcast called Life Lovers Radio. Are you kidding me? I'm a life coach. Like, I manage my mind. And they're like, yeah, there's still, like, more work to do here. And so me leaning into life as a game, I know feels probably, oh, what would I say? Like, to some people, it would be, like, really irresponsible, um, unempathetic, you know, I don't know what else, but I just want to encourage you lean into it. I've seen really great results from it. It doesn't mean you avoid your emotions or you avoid hard things. You just kind of all see it as like, okay, we're just here to have this experience and to learn as much as possible. And that's beautiful. All right. Next lesson, do whatever it takes to feel the feels and move the F on. So I'm glad I said this lesson right after the last one, because it is true. You know, feeling the feels is so valuable. I've learned this even more the past few months. In my mastermind that I was in, I was with this small group of women. Most of them were making multiple six figures, if not at seven figures. I was kind of the low baller in there, just making a couple multiple six figures. And I'm so glad I did that experience, even though it really stretched me financially because it was a bigger investment, because I learned how they handle setbacks and problems And they handle that shit so fucking fast. It's like, oh, this thing happened with a client today. Or, oh, this thing came up in my personal life. Or, oh, this came up in my business. And they handle it in the moment as professionally as possible. Then they get off of that and they go journal. And they go rage if they need to. Or cry. Or vent. Or whatever. They don't let things store up. And that's where, again, you know, my previous lesson of energy is money. They don't let that shit bring down their energy. And they move through that. And I've always been a big proponent of feeling the feelings, but I've also seen just how much some people can indulge in those feelings. This has been another lesson I've learned. I've experienced different modalities of coaching the past few years, and I've really seen, and I'm going to brag here for a minute, or my, my daughter calls it, all the kids call it, this is a flex. This is a flex. Um, this is a flex, but I think my modality of coaching is really great because you feel the feels and you move that on. And I've seen that people who don't really resonate with my coaching, especially as we get to a certain point in the process, it's because they're wanting to stay and indulge. Um, and so that ends up being kind of hard for me to coach because I'm trying to get them not to indulge in that. But a lot of people just like to stay feeling the feelings all the time. It's actually in the wounded feminine energy to be in this. Um, and so you've got to bring in some of that divine masculine energy and be able to feel the feels and move the F on, right? Okay, next lesson, 36. We're getting to the end here. Judgment and criticism are a waste of time and they only reflect your shittiness. As somebody who grew up with a lot of judgment, being judged a lot, and it has like been a lot for me to process my own judgment and criticism. And it's really hit ahead the past few months too of how much judginess was still inside of me that I needed to get out. I'm so glad I fucking did that work. Um, And I knew I really wanted to do that work because I don't want to be a judgy, critical person. But my own inner critic was beating me up all the time. It felt nice to be able to criticize or judge somebody else from time to time, right? This is why we gossip, Because it's like, oh, thank God, I can talk about somebody else instead of talking about myself. Great. 
Um, and the more and more I've done that healing work, the more I'm like, oh God, I'm so glad I don't live that way as much anymore. And when it comes up for me now, I tackle that shit so fast of like, okay, Lindsay, this judgment or criticism coming up, what the hell do you need to handle? And most times it's me having a direct conversation with somebody of, hey, this came up for me. Let's talk about this. And that's really hit home for me, especially the past week when I finally had a conversation with somebody I needed to have for a long time ago. And I was like, fuck, I wish we would have had this month ago because I sat around criticizing myself, criticizing her instead of just fucking handling it. Right. So, yes. Judgment and criticism. Bye bye. (laughs) Thirty seven. Boys are a waste of time. Let them come to you. I see this with my daughter already. They are getting to that age where they're getting a little bit boy crazy and um, just the amount of time they're spending on boys. And I know it's hormone related and I'm not saying boys overall are a waste of time. Obviously, I'm married to one and he's pretty fabulous. But God, the amount of time, I think so many of us would relate to this, spent on fucking boys, fucking boys, right? And I don't know what it's like if you are you know, gay, if you're spending a lot of time on other women or non-binary, whatever, but shit, it's like so much time on boys. I would go back and, and this is already the coaching I'm giving my daughter is like, baby, you are a powerhouse. Let them come to you. And every time your mind's going there, great. You can honor that and lean into that and process that. But then process too is like, okay, what's the shit I want to do in the world? What about my girlfriends? My girlfriends are pretty fabulous as well. Like, let me lean into those things because so many relationships can be impacted by having, a, you know, a man involved in essence. I was just talking to a client about this, of a friendship she had where it was impacted by a man. So it's just like lean into that you want to still attract people, especially men into your life. But just, you know, it kind of goes back to like energy is money. Energy is power too and the more that you are in your energetic power and your authenticity damn that shit is so fucking magnetic there's one coach that I follow and she talks about this a lot because she's single and um she's like yeah like everywhere I go guys ask me for dates and she's about to be 42 okay so this isn't like a young girl thing young in society standards I guess but she's like out and about and guys are like really interested in her and giving their number and I don't doubt it because I've done a class with her and her energy is fucking magnetic I want to do a little bit more work with her and then I'm thinking about bringing her on the podcast because oh she's amazing but um yeah boys are a waste of time let them come to you all right last lesson lesson 38 if people really want something they'll find a way and make it work your job is to make whatever it is you want irresistible okay so This obviously is a big sales lesson, one that I've really learned the past year or so, but this is a lesson for anything. It even goes back to the voice thing, right? Let people come to you. If they really want you (coughs) or whatever you're selling them, they will find a way to make it work for you, okay? This goes with jobs. This goes with relationships. Your work is, again, to always just work on yourself and be magnetic, to give value, to show up in your authentic self. And I promise you, the right people will come. I've really leaned into it, as I said, the past year, especially the past few months. It's like my business is totally different now. 
even my mastermind, I've had it for two years, completely different, completely different. We're just starting a new year. It is night and day different. The mastermind I have right now that I had two years ago, and it is pretty damn different from the one I had a year ago. And that is a reflection of me and me sitting around manifesting that and not chasing people anymore. I do not chase people. And as a coach, that has created so much ease for me because I'm not doing the heavy lifting and and their coaching because it's not my life to do that. I already do the heavy lifting my own damn life, right? They've got to do it for themselves. And so they come into my business and my coaching working really hard and I'm there to guide them. You know, something I've really leaned into is a client mentioned this to me is I don't forget what book it is so I'm sorry but there's a book that talks about like the hero and the guide and I really leaned into the guide and energy like I am the guide here and they are the hero in that um and so that's just kind of a side tangent for me and my business but for you again your job is to figure out your ideal goes back to that other lesson find your ideal do your energetic work to feel like you are so worthy of that and to stand into that power, and the right people will come. It goes back to the lesson I said on part one, don't settle. Don't do the shoulds, right? Because again, like it's just going to end up and it's not going to work out. <laughs> it's just not. At, at some point, you're going to outgrow it and you're probably going to outgrow it pretty fast. And you're going to be like, oh, fuck. Now I'm like back looking for a new job or back looking for new relationships, okay? All right, my friend, those are my 38 lessons. I hope you learned some things from this. This is why I always do these episodes. Excuse my little coughs here and there, my big coughs. I have Rachel editing out. So if you hear like kind of an odd transition, that's because I stopped to cough for a little while and she just took it out and somehow I had to remember what I was talking about. So thank you for listening. I love you so much and I'll see you on another episode soon. Bye. Thanks for tuning into the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast. If you haven't left a review for the show yet, what are you waiting for? Your reviews give us the feedback and momentum we need to continue to produce this incredible free content for you. Plus, when you leave a review for the show, you get a copy of my book for free. Simply take a picture of your review and submit it to Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, epreston.com forward slash one zero zero and you'll receive a digital copy of my wisdom from the first hundred episodes book this book is a study guide for life enjoy and of course share this show with your friends i believe every woman can create a deeply fulfilling life that lights them the fuck up from the inside the more you help others succeed the more you help yourself so share share, share this show. And I'll see you soon and your friends back on the show next week for another eye-opening episode. Until then, keep rocking it.